Hey, welcome to Exposed Conferences. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today. I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. On today's episode, we are speaking with Steve Mapes, Senior Vice President of Strategy at Impact XM. He's a 30-year veteran of the event and trade show business. Steve leads the development of integrated exhibit and event communication strategies for clients that include award-winning design, business theater, bio-interactivity, interactive learning, and virtual events. He presents at conferences on various topics and writes for diverse publications such as Design Management International. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So the last few months, people have been reimagining their events and finding creative ways and solutions to host their events through virtual experiences. Before we jumped on the call, we actually talked a little bit about the phases of events that we have seen over the course of the event lifespan. Can you talk to us a little bit about those phases that we've been seeing prior to COVID and now that we're entering into the last months of the year? Sure, excellent. So the perspective is that there's a variety of phases that we are going through in live events. And as everybody knows, the timeline on on these phases is just greatly accelerated. Who knew we'd be sitting at our desks attending events like we are now with the degree that we are now six months ago? So we look at it, there's phase one, which is really we'll say from the start of time till this January, which is when really the value of face-to-face communication was at its best. You know, you're at a conference, you see that customer you've been trying to reach and you're able to grab them in the hallway, have a conversation, maybe grab dinner, or you have an exhibit and they happen to stop by and they turn out to be that, that big whale of a customer you've been trying to land. And, you know, you, you have great FaceTime. And that's really always been the value of events, again, since the start of time. But starting in February, we've entered a whole new phase, as we all know. And and we call this the big pivot, which is where starting in February, when the news really started breaking at an accelerated pace, people that owned events, as well as industry who, you know, were sponsors and exhibitors at these events, have had to totally pivot on how they show up at events. And we we're all, you know, unless we've been living on a rock, we're all kind of familiar with this, which is that most events, if they had time, went to a virtual event platform. Or an industry then showed up in typically as a virtual exhibit. So this was kind of phase two, which is this big pivot, everybody quickly changing their business model to be able to have events that are online. So in this phase two, or the big pivot, what's happened is many people have sort of looked at their experience in the physical space and just solely quickly translated that to a virtual experience. And I think different companies, different industries have had a variety of success because what we've done is we've taken an exhibit that served a purpose as a meeting place. And we've just put it on the web. And if you're not approaching it in the right way, uh, it may not make sense to your audience attending a virtual conference. So since February to where we are now, we think that we are going to now start a new phase, 
where people have sort of looked at what they have done and we're optimizing. We're working with our clients to find better ways to engage with their customers, which include a variety of different approaches from face-to-face video connections, which is really you know, what we're missing in the live space to gamification, to live presentations, really making the virtual exhibit kind of crackle with that live ambiance. And we think then phase four is going to be when we start to come back into more of a live experience, which we hope is sooner or later. I think we're all sort of feeling like it's going to be 2021. We're going to enter what we're going to call a hybrid experience in phase four, where we still think virtual is going to have a place because we've trained people to use virtual and based on travel budgets, ability to travel by their corporate mandates and just geographic access, virtual will still be relevant, but live is still going to you know, be the place that everybody wants to get back to so we can talk to people face-to-face. So that will be a hybrid format which will offer new opportunities for companies as they show up in both the virtual and live space. Yeah, absolutely. I think live is, you know, the ultimate goal. And so as we've kind of been figuring this down, I think all the event planners, you know, out there have either had to transition very quickly to a virtual event or or looking to flip to a virtual event or some sort of other experience for their stakeholders. What is the best way for someone to determine which avenue is right for them? There's a variety of different ways you can be relevant in a virtual space. We've seen where people have just put a, a video space where essentially when you enter their air quotes virtual exhibit, you are uh, entering a meeting room where some of those people are there on video chat and uh, able to talk to you. Some people have virtual hubs where they are presenting information that is contextual to the Congress or the convention experience. So in other words, it's taking what your conversation, your narrative around that conference, what's what's important to you and you think your customers, and also mirroring that on your virtual presence so that if somebody goes there, it's not like they're just showing up at a website. They're actually going to your place that's relevant to the narrative around the conference. And then the big experience is 3D navigatable virtual exhibit where you can actually explore the space as a visitor and interact with a company in a variety of different ways. Some of the trends that we've seen that have come out of the big pivot in in, con- in conferences responding to the virtual space is an incredible increase in scale. So we've seen conferences that have had in the past 25,000 live people have gone up to 60,000 virtual attendees. So it's really made access easier. Now, a company has to be wary of how many of these attendees are qualified for them, but it's a great opportunity from a brand presence. In addition, there's a democratization of conferences. So what I mean is that in the past, you needed to have the time and the budget the you know permission to go to a conference uh, now you can access information anywhere in the world 
that maybe you could not have reached in the past. We've seen on the medical side where doctors in Iraq are getting exposure to medical content that they never would have gotten to in the past. And that creates amazing possibilities and improvement in care. What's also happening is there's a dissolving of place. So in the past, you know, you had your conference in Vegas or Chicago or in uh, Dusseldorf. Now that doesn't make a difference. And really, space is dissolved. In addition, convention center hallways, the lobbies, that used to matter and now matters kind of differently in the virtual space. And really, time is dissolving, too, because there used to be that fear of missing out of the opening session. Now, I think smart event planners will still make you know that time when your CEO goes live or, or this is when this content's going to be available. But as we know, that can all be now recorded and put as on demand. So time is different. There's, there's not a, as much a drive to get to content at a particular moment. And conferences are also extending the live, air quotes, time that a conference is, is live because they're making the on-demand portion, you know, go on for months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like everything that's been taking place from rapid growth and just the way it's changing the landscape is incredible. What are you seeing as far as how it's disrupting actual event itself? Well, all business models have already been disrupted because we know that, you know, some associations depend on conferences. Their conference, their annual conference was like their big moneymaker for the year and, and supported many other programs that they ran. And, you know, even some of the smaller conferences that might have been more local because of what I talked about is in the uh, increased attendee scale democratization of content, some of the smaller conferences, they have to look at, you know, how they are relevant and maybe fighting for existence in this new world where really the big conferences may take some of their thunder before the attendees can actually get to the smaller conferences. I think conferences, you know, if they, they know their customers, and I believe they do, it's even more challenging for conferences to demand attention. And I think what we're hearing and what we're seeing is that consumption models have totally changed that, you know, you can really only expect someone to probably attend, again, using air quotes, attend for maybe two or three hours at a time. We're hearing about, you know, virtual fatigue, where people, they just don't want to sit at a computer that long. And we know that they're being challenged. Anything that we, we all are challenged, right? Watching your screen, you know, who's at the, who, the doorbell rings, kids run in the background, get an appointment email. All these things are distracting you, makes it harder to make people or, or count on people to consume a conference online. Absolutely. How do you see attendee expectations shifting moving forward into the next six months and then into phase four of hybrid event, the hybrid event experience? I think the expectations from attendees on their experience is probably totally different. I'm sure that because before February, everybody probably has attended events, if not multiple events. So they have a, a picture of what it's 
supposed to ha- you know what's supposed to happen and what it's supposed to be like and i think they judge all future events against that we're now at a point where a lot of people probably don't have much experience built up on what a virtual event is so i think there's a lot of curiosity which is good but i think there's also the hope that people aren't judging the virtual experience directly against the live experience because they're just such different animals. So I think we have to count on all of us delivering more compelling events virtually so that we hope that we're going to get people to see the value of, of virtual congresses and have them come back. I think if your conference is a important place for people to get content and information, product launches, important data, breaking data, that's important because that's going to rally eyeballs, if you will. But if you are wishy-washy and too aspirational in your in your delivery, you know, you the attendee may not feel like they're getting enough value to warrant a return. And that's too bad because that affects all of us in virtual events. I think that's a great point. Can you give us an example of somebody who's done this really well? I can't name names, but we have a client that I think very effectively did a product launch in their hospitality suite. And it was a virtual hospitality suite that we had you know, developed. And in the past, up to this year, they'd always done a hospitality suite. They'd always had a press conference the first uh, night of the event. So it was something people were expecting, although they probably didn't know what to expect in the virtual world. So they had an invite-only press conference that was live. It was We made sure that all the uh, presenters were well-trained, and it went off without a hitch, and it was great. And then that content was left as on-demand, and they had great – they had, you know, to the point I made earlier, they the attendance was way over what they had typically live. So it was very effective. And then that content is now available you know, on demand. But what they did is they rallied attention around this liveness. And that, that's important. We also have clients that use chat and video chat very effectively so that they, you know, we've all been to websites where you have a chat bot that annoyingly hovers. Well, you know, we've taken it to the next level where these chat bots can ascertain interest, and then escalate to video chat very quickly so that the person feels like they just walked into a booth and that they are engaging with a knowledgeable product specialist. Yeah, I think one of the best quotes I've seen from an article I read recently was that the best events have participants. They're not Mm -hmm. just attendees. And I I just thought that was really important for for people to remember is that you really want to engage them. And it sounds like the two examples you gave, you know, really allowed people to feel a part of the experience, not just like they were just watching a TV show. Yeah. And I think that's an important point. You can have a keynote. That's great. You know, you have your leader present, but, you know, we've seen success where then that quickly breaks into breakouts where there's a variety of different Zoom rooms organized by either attendee type or, you know, interest. And it quickly gets to a more personal nature so that, to your point, they're engaged. People feel like their face is on screen, so they, they want to make sure they are engaging with their fellow you know, teammates, and it keeps people paying attention. So, 
to your point, they are they are events with participants. And that is really important. Absolutely. And so kind of leading into that and to my next question, what are some key considerations that uh, an event planner or conference organizer should be taking into account as we go into going to Q4 and then into 2021? What I think is really important for the future is some of the things we discussed, which is making sure that you can engage the attendee on a personal level as quickly as you can, because uh, that, you know, when it's about them, they're going to pay attention. So having content relevant to the topics around the Congress are extremely important because if you just, you know, put a website or you just have unfocused content, then you're, you know, that, that attendee is there for that conference for a particular reason. So you need to you need to really leverage that and what's what's relevant from your company that you can talk about that's relevant to the overall conference. And then making an experience that whether it has interactivity using games or other new technology, I think it's important to differentiate yourself from just any old garden variety virtual experience. As far as looking at the future, some things that I've seen that look very interesting is seeing the idea of using virtual reality headsets where they would send them to the to particular attendees and you put them on and you you put them on during the event you know particular go live times and you actually see fellow attendees right next to you and that could be a pretty exciting experience because you see that attendee asking a question you see that attendee looking at you, you look at them. So it's kind of a really cool experience. I mean, I think you have to get through the concept of virtual reality headsets and the concept of, you know, where we are from a social distancing point of view and cleaning them. But I think if we can sort of get our heads around that, that can be a pretty cool experience. Oh my gosh, I can only, I can only imagine you know, what that would, what that would be like, it kind of just makes me think of back, you know, 15 years ago, when those kind of things were only things we dreamed of. And now here we are. So this is where when you see disruption in the marketplace, suddenly things become much more relevant. We've been in the virtual world with our clients since 2010, based on some pretty innovative clients that were doing things. Now it is suddenly so relevant. But you look at virtual reality and Virtual reality has just kind of not been able to sort of find that killer app that makes it really relevant. So I'm not saying it's it's going to happen right now, but maybe in the near future, this could be the killer app that makes virtual reality, makes everybody go out and buy their own virtual reality because, you know, this may be one of the places that you can actually feel like you're more connected to, you know, your fellow attendees. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. This has been a really great topic to cover as we look to the future. I know now more than ever, event planners in the industry are looking where we're going in the next year. And so I appreciate your time. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at ExposedConferencesPodcast.BuzzBrout.com.